0: The Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone Podcast, presented by ViStar Credit Union, featuring Jaguar senior writer John Osher and executive producer Dave DeCandis. This week's guest, I think most Jaguars fans who have followed this team for a long time know him, but maybe people don't know him quite that well. He hasn't been a full-time starter his whole career. Hasn't been a Pro Bowl front line. Always on the interview guy. But what he has been is a rock-solid part of the defensive line rotation, a key leader on this team. And finally, he is a leader in the sense of being a captain this year. I'm talking about nose tackle Avery Jones. It's a guy who gives a great interview, great personality. I think people are going to enjoy it. Avery, welcome. We appreciate it. And I am talking to you for the first time as Jaguars captain. What does that mean to you? I assume knowing you that that means a lot.
1: Uh, that means a great deal. I mean, I've been here for years, as you know, people would know, and I've had the, uh, I guess, the privilege to be behind some great leaders, uh, Roy Miller, Malik, Calais, Stan, Puzz is always a great one. Uh, so you know, I, I was able to be behind them. We'll follow them as they led the teams in the past and stuff like that, and. Uh, getting the loss of so many people that we had on this team and just being one of the things that hasn't changed. I really felt like it was my year to really step up and take on that mantle.
0: In talking to you over the years, I can imagine that when you first walked in the door in 2013, which is a long time ago now, Avery, (laughs) uh, I can't imagine that you ever thought at that point that this day would come. I mean, That's a long, long journey to become a leader, and that's pretty rare in the NFL. I guess how proud of you or how proud are you of the longevity, the perseverance, all of those things? Because that's not always the case in the NFL. It can be a short
1: career. Oh, most definitely. I mean, when I came in, I was thinking maybe i just get me, like, a couple years on practice squad and find a way to really make my niche in the league. You know, get with a team and you know, live out my dreams. Uh, you know, stuff you think about coming through high school and stuff like that. But once, uh, once I saw I was active roster from the get go, I was really just starting to see this is something I can do. This is I can really make a career out of this, and uh, I just got to work hard for it. So I mean, I'm extremely happy. I mean, it's changed my life for the most. Uh, got to live out my dreams, playing for an NFL team, being an NFL player. And uh, I don't know. It's hard. It's really hard to put in words. I mean, <laughs> okay. you come in, and you know how the league is. You know, when you're outside the door, it's all glitz and glamour. Then you come in, and you really see how much of a business and how cutthroat it can be. And for you to be able to stand eight years later, still in the same spot, looking around a locker room, it was like I knew. I remember when he came in. I remember when he came in. I remember when he used to be numbered, whatever, and stuff like that. It's, you know, it's really big. And, you know, sometimes I might get, I don't want to say complacent, but, you know, just feel like it's the norm. And then we'll get new people to the team and I'll talk to them. And they ask me how long I've been in the league. I'm like eight. And then, you know, the next question is always like all here. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, once I said, like, you know, they've all been here. It's really just a look goes in the eyes, and it's really just showing like how big of a accomplishment this is for me. Um,
0: you've come a long way from RB Jones, right? Oh
1: man, <laughs> <laughs> that's the locker was spelled day one. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> oh, it, it was spelled
0: that way in the locker.
1: Yeah, when I first got here, my first day in locker room, was Arby. I thought it was just some some joke because I met Wash at the <laughs> combine, and I knew he was a funny guy, so I, I thought it was right. some joke from him. But they, you know. I guess it was an honest mistake. (laughs) Because I think I misspelled
0: it in the first story that I wrote, and I saw it in different places misspelled. But I didn't realize that it – had been. I mean, it's it's obviously an easy mistake. Avery's not an incredibly common name. Right. Arby's out there, so I guess it makes sense. But, I mean, that just shows you – they really didn't know who you were when you came in.
1: Nah, and it was just (laughs) nothing. And then the name thing is just something I've been fighting my whole life. So I was just like, ah, I'll tell them whenever I get a chance, you know. So So how long did it take you to tell them? I told them that afternoon. It it happened like after a day. I don't know the whole process we do with making those things. But (laughs) they was fast about it. I appreciate that. (laughs) I got
0: you. What do you think the biggest reason is, Avery, that you've been able to uh, last as long, really stay healthy? I mean, I guess that's part of it. But there's got to be a professionalism, a daily routine that you have because you see a lot of guys who come in who you figure out pretty quickly aren't going to make it, and you just sort of keep going. Is there a key to it?
1: Uh, you just got to love ball. I mean, I think that's pretty much what it comes down to. I think uh, one of the things that helped me out in the early beginning was that uh, I didn't have trouble getting the playbook I didn't have trouble getting the terminology. I could speak it back. You know, and that type of thing builds confidence in coaches when you know the lingo and you can talk properly and you don't mess up on the field, things like that. And I think uh, another plus is just my size. You know, I play nose, but I can also play three technique. I played in. I played rush before, you know, in heavy packages or when somebody just went down. So I think, you know, it just goes back to the old adage of the more you can do, the better. So I always try to make sure I'm always available to do many different things. So I always try to be a nice little Swiss Swiss Army knife for the (laughs) D-line.
0: I got you. Uh, Something interesting, and I want to get to obviously this team and your thoughts on it here in a minute because you have better perspective on where a team is at than anybody. But something you said in your first media availability about the COVID stuff really stood out. When you were asked about if you thought – that the team would make it through. I forget the wording of the question, but your message was basically that older guys were telling younger guys, this is serious and you don't want to be the one that causes a problem with this. And I thought that was a really insightful quote of, I think fans on the outside didn't really realize how seriously players were going to take this, how seriously players were going to take to the rules how much of a message was that, if you know what I'm getting at? Just, hey, young guys, this is our profession. This is real. We all need to be on the same page on this one. Um,
1: I mean, this stuff we talk about really daily uh, in the locker room with the coaches and, you know, just in between ourselves and stuff like that. Because, uh, you know, when we first came back, uh, MP told us, it was like, you know, hey, you came back for two reasons. Either you love ball or you love getting paid. So my thing – Yeah, or both. (laughs) And my thing is just, you know, trying to tell them is that I understand you're new in the league and things like that, and this is kind of a weird year to come in. But you got to do everything to protect yourself because protecting yourself is going to protect this team, and it's going to keep the virus out. It's not going to spread. Uh, and then, but then again, also you just got to understand that young guys are gonna be young guys, and if they want to do young guy stuff, you got to tell them. You know, there's you know there's ways to do it. You know, what I'm saying if you want to spend time sure. with people or have people come see you stuff like that, make sure they get a test before they come see you. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, you're making a lot of money now. If you got someone to come see you, you need to put them in a the hotel to you know they absolutely clear things like that to protect yourself because. This is your career, too. You know, uh, a lot of boneheaded mistakes are not forgiven at this level. And, you know, seeing as, you know, they might have a vaccine sometime soon. I was reading something about that. But you don't want to be known as a guy that brought it inside the building and you got somebody sick. And, Lord forbid, you get, you know, someone high-profile sick. I mean, you come in and you was running the streets and you got Gardner sick, you're going to have the whole city against you. You know, team, city, everybody. You know what I mean? And so um, other teams see that. So you don't want to be known as the boneheaded guy that couldn't stay indoors. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. Now, uh, obviously,
0: you guys read things. Everybody's talking about this team. Everybody's talking about tank. Everybody's talking about draft picks next year. I know that's not how players think. When you guys are together talking about this, what are you guys thinking about the season right now?
1: Oh, uh, pretty much like my thoughts and what I pretty much tell D-Line is just like, you know, you know, um, people want to go. They can say all they want. Like, I don't listen to the media. I don't read Twitter. Like, to me, I just think that's like a lie. It's 2020. You know, you know, I'm, you know, quote unquote, I guess the old guy now in the league. But, you know, I came up on Twitter, you know, pretty much like I was around when the first graded. So, I mean, I'm still on Twitter. And things like that. So I'm not going to believe that you don't see what they're saying about us. And when it pretty much comes to the D-line, I'm just letting them know that these past couple of years, we have lost really great players. People might be thinking out loud, might be talking out loud, just thinking that the production is going to go down in the D-line room. And I'm just going to continue to tell them, like, you know, we got playmakers playmaker still here. Uh, I know there's been a lot of fan backlash on Taven, but I've i really loved his growth. Uh, Josh had an amazing year last year. He's gonna continue to grow, especially trying to fill that void of Calais and Jan being gone. I've told him like you know, this is really when you're gonna have to shine. Like there's no more one on ones. Like they scheming on you because you are you know you are our best guy, and you know uh, we got new guys in with Adam. He's uh, filling in the uh, big end. So, you know, just trying to catch him up to speed. But he's been doing a great job also, being a strong man at the point of attack for, uh, for us, like Calais was. Uh, and just also just trying to make sure I stay up on my game and keep everybody corralled and keep everybody together and let them know that this new D-line that we have is going to make plays. I mean, from top to bottom, you know, we just got D-ham. Uh, we definitely got Casey. You know we got Smoot. I definitely want a big year out of Smoot. I told him last year. You know he finally got his chance. He ended up with sack, uh, with six sacks. But mm-hmm. I need him get more productive on the third down and his chances on, fir- on first and second. I need ten out of them. And just you know that's our mindset right now. That people might be looking down, but we know we got a room full of ball players, and we can go out here and make some shake. And it's
0: pretty much it's been a theme all off season, stopping the run feel better about that going in than you did at the end of last year from game you feel like the steps have been made and you feel good about that area
1: yes and uh you know we're not doing nothing new drills or anything but it's more accountability within the d-line room i mean we got guys telling people like hey you know we're seeing some on film that's not good enough we don't like it uh, different strategies you can use to defeat those blocks telling each other what we mm-hmm. see that that's bringing the block so we can know beforehand, you know, trying to be more uh, disciplined with our eyes and how we see things so we can, you know, uh, stay in place on our blocks and really emphasizing on attacking.
0: You're inside. Everybody else is outside. Tell me why being on the inside, what do you believe about this team that gives you confidence? What do you see about this bunch that you like that nobody else on the outside can see because they're not in there?
1: Confidence. I mean, that's really what I see. I see people go out here that want to work. They communicate. They're not worried about the outside world. They're not worried about the gathering of draft picks or if I'm going to be here or I'm going to be there or if I'm trying to get paid this year. It's just focus. It's team. Mm -hmm. Guys are saying, like, how far are we going to go? You know, there's not too much individualism. There's always going to be some, which is I feel like I'm perfectly fine with because if you want to make yourself a great player, then you're going to make this a great team. So um, the confidence is there. The communication is there. Uh, I really see a growth. You know, I feel like we got a lot of young people on this team, but the youngness isn't really there. There's no horse playing. Um, There's always going to be laughing and things like that, but that's because we're one big family. You know, funny stuff happens. But the confidence that we take when we hit the field for practice and how we go over things is really what you know you really can't see until Sunday.
0: Doug said on Monday that he thought this team was going to be able to handle anything thrown at it, meaning that it was going to be able to handle adversity. And I'm assuming he's talking about the same thing you're just talking about, meaning it's a bunch that is all on the same page. Uh, you sort of agree with him there. This is going to be a bunch that's going to be able to handle when something happens maybe better than the last couple of teams at.
1: Oh, yes, most definitely. I think we've really adopted, you know, control what you can control and what we control is on that field. I think God's going to go out there and we want to play ball. We want to win. You know, we want to win big. We want to compete. We want people to know we're not an afterthought. We're not waiting on next year. Uh, You know, uh, we're here now and we're going to play like it.
0: One question on a specific player. I know he's not in your defensive tackle room, but he plays by you. You've seen a lot of guys come and go. Uh, what makes Josh Allen different, special, besides athleticism? Obviously, he's got that.
1: Um, I think one of the things that <laughs> annoys me and lo- and I love about Josh at the same time is that he's one of those people who, you know, when you talk in a room and someone says, if you got a question, ask it. There are no dumb questions. <laughs> He's always going to ask, you know what I mean? Uh, You know, coming out of college, being a top ten pick, playing as good as he did last year and trying to expand on that this year, he's not afraid to raise his hand in the room and say, hey, I need a better understanding of this. Hey, can we go over this because I'm really confused on that. And I think uh, when you have a person with his athleticism, his talent – the biggest thing that you take away from him, the biggest thing you really love about him is his ability to be coached. I mean, great players that are are willing to be coached and don't see themselves above coaching are going to do great things. And I think uh, he understands that he understands he needs to know more about the game to make more plays, make bigger plays to expand himself in this league and things like that. And I'm really happy to watch the process.
0: You like where this thing's going, don't you? I can kind of hear it in your voice.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, my biggest concern was, you know, new guys coming in and learning defense and playing fast. And I feel like Coach Rebs and Coach Watson have done a great job with the D-line, keeping people up to, uh, up to speed as well as the rest of the defense and keeping us communicating, you know, really cutting down on the mistakes. So as long as I know I can get guys to play fast, it'd be good. And I just know the type of guys we have in this room, how we're really clicking, how we're communicating, how we're really playing together, and you know, it's, I'm, I'm feeling a nice bond that you really shouldn't be feeling right now. You know, the whole thing going on with COVID, because there's no hanging out outside of the building. You know what I mean? You know, we can we can eat lunch together, but there's barriers every you know between us and stuff like that. So there's no real time to really sit sit down and have a real powwow. And, you know, get to know each other. You know, we did some icebreaker type stuff, talk about your past, where you're from, and things like that. But, you know, to really just hang out without coaches and really just, you know, let loose and get to know each other, we're building a bond without that whole process.
0: Avery, nobody's calling you RB around here anymore. Nobody will for a long time. I appreciate you being here. I I, want to tell you, I have enjoyed covering you for eight years, enjoyed watching you grow into a leader. I hope this year is as good as you expect i appreciate you joining us today and we'll talk to you soon all
1: right thank you thank you for all the support
0: all right thanks buddy i appreciate you for players to join us in an extended interview like this it's not a guarantee they're busy during the week so it's always appreciated and dave you've known avery as long as i have you maybe know avery as well as i do because he's a guy who will hang around in the locker room talk to players I mean, I talk to players, talk to anybody who's around. Much like Josh Allen, I think, although it's less surprising for an older guy like Avery, he is a guy who very approachable and appreciates being in the NFL, doesn't take himself too seriously. And I, I knew I'd enjoy the interview, but I've really enjoyed being around Avery for seven or eight years.
2: Yeah, Avery's great. He's uh, one of my favorites uh, to be around. It's been for a while, actually, Patrick Gavin and I were, were talking about that uh, during the interview. I actually have a, a funny not funny but an interesting it's funny where where it was to now the story about Avery Jones. so in two thousand and thirteen, the Jags spent a week out in the west coast uh, because we played uh, Oakland and Seattle back to back so we yep. so the team just stayed out there. So we're in the team hotel it's very it was a very odd team hotel. We were kind of just off the highway wasn't a real lot of places to walk and stuff. Fremont. Fremont. Fremont, California. So myself and I believe it was Brent Martineau were out in front on the Saturday when we got there. Or we got there on a Friday, so it was that Saturday. Yeah. And we're standing out front of the hotel, and it was before, like, Uber. So I think we were waiting on a cab. And a cab pulls up, and it was two players. I think Derek Marks was one of them cause he talked to us. So we were talking to Sen, and then there was this kind of this defensive lineman, this anonymous defensive lineman who was, uh, you know, just standing there in a Georgia t-shirt, Georgia football t-shirt. And he just didn't say anything, kind of kept his head down, whatever. They get in the cab and leave. I remember going to Martino. Who's that? It's like, I'm not sure. I think it's a practice squad guy. And we looked at, we, we then pulled up a roster on, on a phone cause we didn't know who he was. And it was Avery and we're like, Oh, the Georgia kid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's who that was. It's just kind of funny is now he's still here because at that time, I'm sure the thought went through our heads. Okay, practice by guy. He'll, he'll be gone. He'll be gone sometime this year. So uh, it's just uh, just kind of funny how, like, the NFL works is you never know who's going to hang around. And, uh, and Avery has not just hung around. I mean, he's carved himself a nice role on this team. And also, as far as, like, what we do, he is super helpful and is always entertaining and is always – always plays along. So, you know, Avery's definitely been one of my favorites to uh, to be around with this team.
0: Well, and from a football standpoint, I, you know, it's sometimes fans and what I would call more casual observers maybe don't grasp how rare it is for a guy like Avery who wasn't a first round pick, not necessarily a Pro Bowl guy, not necessarily that, you know, I don't say level, but, you know, He's not going to be known nationally. But teams need guys like that. Franchises need guys like that. And it's hard to be a seven, eight, nine-year guy in the league, especially when you always have to earn it, when you don't come in as a first-round guy, when you don't have, you know, pro bowl 10 sack guy on your resume because he's a defensive tackle. It's not what he does. It's hard to continue to be showing value to your franchise every year because look at all the offseason cuts this year by the Jaguars. You know, teams look for reasons to get guys out, either from the cap, either from whatever. For you to be a guy who they keep needing to bring back, well, it's a rare thing, and it speaks to it because here's a guy who's now going into his, what, eighth year here. He's the most tenured guy. He's been around here longer than he, – Longer than most, you can say, well, they've been releasing a lot of players. Eight years in the NFL is a long time to carve out a niche with one team. So credit to him. I'm glad it's him. And uh, to sort of wrap this one, Dave, it's interesting. I really wanted to ask him about his feeling about the team because there's been such talk about tanking among uh, outsiders. And everybody thinks they know what goes on with the team. But – if if you really look at this team, you've got a veteran offensive line, you paid Joe Shobert. this team inside of it believes they're going in the right direction. And the players believe a lot in, you know, we're all on the same page. I thought what Avery said, and he, he was nice about it, but what he said about nobody's thinking about getting paid. Nobody's thinking about themselves. There's a we element, you know, I get that fans think that's a cliche, but that 2017 team that surprised people sort of had that. It was before a lot of the egos took over. Nobody thought that team was doing anything. I'm not saying it's going to repeat 2017, but it feels like things are going in the right direction in terms of attitude. And I think Avery reflected that a lot when we talked to him just now.
2: Yeah, that's funny you mentioned 2017. I've been kind of having that feel as well I'm not sure you can repeat the uh the season they had but just as far as kind of everybody was down on the team yeah. outside me outside the team there was not a whole lot of hope and then all of a sudden they come out against Houston and and did what they did and and then you know and then it seemed like a switch flipped with that team and was like okay they believed in they knew everything they felt that the direction was right but now they be- really believed it. it was confirmed sure by the way, they beat Houston, and you kind of wonder if is there a game like that for this team where all of a sudden everything will just click, and then and the switch flips for the team and go, okay, there was a lot of rookies on the team and all that kind of stuff, so that's another thing to overcome. Um, but going back to Avery, I think it's it's a testament to who he is that he was selected captain after eight years and eight years of being a, essentially a role player on this team. Mm-hmm. Last year he was a starter, but. He's much more of a rotational guy because of the position he plays. I think that says a lot about him, his personality, and what the team thinks of him.
0: Yeah, and it and kind of close, I was fascinated when he said it, fascinated when he came back and talked about it. His first quote this training camp when he talked about COVID and was very pointed that they had told younger guys, look, this isn't just about you, pal. This is about the team. This is about people's families around here. Um, You know, Avery kind of talks like an old man. He's only 28 or 29. But within the context of the NFL, he is an experienced guy. And we've talked about in the podcast a couple of times. I I, I think that is lost sometimes with fans, how seriously guys take this, how much they want it, and and frankly, how much they want to get paid. You you know, if something breaks down and you start costing guys their health and their careers – I think, I think Avery's point, a couple of times I've heard him talk about it, is that's not going to be cool. You know, it's not going to be like you can, you know, saunter into the locker room the next day and everything's going to be all right. Look, you knew about this beforehand. You don't want to be the guy getting mentally sick. You don't be the guy getting your teammates sick. And again, I thought it was interesting that Avery said that early on and was sort of willing to put that out there. An example of why he's a team leader and, you know, He's always willing to be honest and always willing to sort of, uh, I think, let people inside the, uh, I guess, behind the NFL wall, if you will. So, again, appreciate him being with us. I always appreciate Dave, appreciate Joel Fortunato for making this thing sound a lot better than I'm capable of making it sound. Uh, We appreciate everybody being with us. I don't think this one sucked, and we'll try to do better next week.